Great to welcome the band Mighty Vices to Local News Live, based in New York, but you have members from Ohio as well. You're a band that's picking up steam, booking shows with big names on the alternative scene, collaborating with former Billboard Top 100 artists. But we'll get to that in a second. More importantly, you have your debut album coming out called Looking for an Exit that's going to be released on March 1st. The first one, the big number one, the debut for you guys. Very exciting. Lead guitar, Josh Douglas, vocalist, Brian Bennett, and rhythm guitar, Cody Priester. Although you guys do a whole lot of different things in the band. You wear different hats, play different instruments. Guys, thanks for jumping on Local News Live. How do you feel about doing upcoming shows? And I know you're talking about some of the precautions that you're taking when it comes to health and safety. Anything wrong with it? But I also recognize like the extensive research and everything of potentially being a character, even if you are asymptomatic can also be a thing. But we definitely try to um, mitigate contact as much as possible um, from us to the crowd. But, um, you know, but we we still wear masks and stuff whenever necessary. Um, so I don't really see it as being that big of a deal. But um, that's also with how optimistic the future is looking with all the shots and boosters and, uh, you know, vaccinations and stuff so so how did it feel to finally get back out and perform when the vaccines came out and and now i guess when uh vaccines have been well established and we're still working through this part of the pandemic i can't even begin to explain like how much of a breath of fresh air it was to just get back out there again like being cooped up and like having time to write music and like you know do that kind of stuff it's great but nothing beats playing like a live show so like that the energy seeing people out there having fun and honestly like the crowds like are a lot bigger and people are more excited to just be out doing stuff so it's been like a really positive coming back so you recently got on stage with a, a pretty big alternative band called archers how did that connection come about to where you were opening for them they reached out to us because mm-hmm. they are uh, doing a little tour from like madison down through uh, our hometown, actually, where we're, where we're at right now, Youngstown, Ohio, um, at the Westside Bowl. And I think they're going further east. Um, but they saw that we just played with um, vampires everywhere and uh, assuming we survive and uh, the bunny, the bear and, and fate destroyed. Um, but the, yeah, but yeah, they reached out to us and I was like, holy, holy crap. Like they and then I did some digging like they toured with uh uh, I prevail and um, other other big pants. I can't name off the top of my head right now, but I I remember seeing some some pretty notable ones. Um, so them reaching out to us, uh, pretty big deal. Was it lets us know that we're definitely doing the right thing. Yeah, we're on the right track. Yeah. So is uh, getting on stage with these bands, becoming an opener, and working your way up through your career, does is networking a, a big part of that? As far as like the grinding process of getting us like into these opportunities i i'm able to uh, to leverage a lot of my connections with emo night brooklyn into this like that's how i w- we were able to get mason musso in on that on that feature uh, single dossier um so i, I guess it, it is just kind of being like in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. but um the grinding of, of networking and promoting ourselves to let us to, like we want to make sure that we have a good positive image um, that is likable, and I think we're we're three pretty likable dudes. Uh, <laughs> a tremendous amount, but also a lot of a lot of really hard work, yeah. and we all have pulled um, pulled very very substantial amounts of weight to get yeah. where we are now. 
Josh, you're a DJ as well at a popular event called Emo Night in New York, where you play music that's been big on the alternative scene for a number of decades now. It was specifically big in the 2000s. Uh, those kind of events really seem to bring together a strong community. Um, it, it, it's unparalleled, man. You, there's, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, when you go to a concert, you only see that particular band play. But I've also done like a lot of like analysis on, on like the, the, the psychology of it. You know, people love loud music, whether it's coming from a laptop or whether it's coming from a plugged in band. But um, being in a room screaming all of these songs at the top of your lungs that like essentially developed who you are into the person that you are now. Um, you know, that, that's a very, very special feeling. I've had a lot of really, really meaningful conversations with people at the end of the shows because I, I bring a lot of energy, you know, and I really try to incorporate the crowd as much as I possibly can too. just like bring them on stage, give them the mic and let them sing along, you know, whatever, just make them feel like a star too for that moment because, you know, everybody wants to be seen, you know. Okay, let's get to the important stuff. You have a new album coming out called Looking for an Exit. March 1st is the debut. I've heard it. It's phenomenal. I love the progression throughout the album, the versatility in it. Uh, so well produced. Each song has a different feel to it. How much does this album, which will be your debut, mean to you? And how would you describe it? It just takes different tastes from different kind of styles of songs and genres that the three of us both at the same time, yet individually, grew up with these songs that gave us, you know, a voice of our own of what we wanted to listen to more of. And Cody will come in with an idea or I've got a lyric that I can't get out of my head and we'll all just shop the idea, figure it out together. We'll go home, do homework, come back and whatever we got, that's the song. And then we'll just keep pressing on. Like that's the whole album is taking a one, one stop shop idea and just working it until we can make it something we all love to listen to and play. Mm -hmm. How does a song creating process work? I know so many people like myself who aren't musicians, who aren't musically talented, are fascinated by the process that goes into making an incredible piece of art like this. Like it's a mix. I feel like there are moments where it's like, I got this one thing and there's nothing else to it, just this one thing. And then you build from the bottom. And then there's sometimes it's, I got this whole song in mind. It just came to me one night and then let's work on it. And I feel like it's like, that's how it feels for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of times where it's a simple riff, but a lot of times, like I have a, a studio in my house, so I, I'll sit there and plunk away at it and have a complete song from start to finish with instrumentation done. And then we just fill out the vocals, add a couple leads mm -hmm. here and there, and then it's done. But it, there's no one size fits all answers. No. It's, just, yeah. it's all about the chemistry of the group that you're in and how you're able to bounce each other's ideas off one another to make them better and not just be like, I don't like this, so we're not going to do it. Here's why this doesn't mm -hmm. work. Let's see if we can make it work. Like mm -hmm. something like that. That's what makes a good band is to be able to communicate, take everybody's possible good or bad ideas and work on them and just put it all out and be happy with what we have. Is there a lyric or maybe a part of this album that stands out to, to each of you? For me, for me, um, we were in the studio and we were, we were uh, writing up All the Rage. And uh, Brian had Brian had um, written up his uh, his lyrics and, and structure and everything, but that that one there was this one part that we just were still kind of on the fence about. Uh, that part that goes dun 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 And if guilt was in fashion, we'd be all the rage. It's because like the idea 
at first why why our album is so varied because uh, the theme was like the um the levels of uh the levels of depression or, or acceptance um or coping with death like um you know bargaining anger sadness depression the upward turn uh so if we give we gave ourselves a very large um large room to gallop with it and uh, i think that 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 has some part to do with why all of our music sounds so all of the songs have their own their own identity really um but also i'm absolutely terrified of the idea that we might sound like another band and people and people will be like oh my voices are forgettable they're okay whatever you know i don't want that for us what about like, you what's your lyric um so where i'm headed probably cuts the deepest for me oh yeah it, it hits hard it hits really hard uh the reflection of my own personal life in that song at the time was i was just like well this hurts but all right <laughs> yeah um, it's, it's real yeah. right yeah. like two i got two that stick out the most and one is in where i'm heading is um uh, finding fault in the person looking at the mirror like find, finding fault in the person who looks back in the mirror that one and the other one is in the dossier, which is the pre-course. The dossier had this to say. I remember sitting in my room, just trying to figure out these lines, listening to the song over and over and over again. I put it on pause. I walk out in the living room, Law and Order on TNT is on the TV. <laughs> and I just hear them talking about files and stuff like that. And they brought the word dossier. And I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to mess with. And then just things started pouring from there. And I think that was one of my luckiest uh, findings for lyric lyrical input. Shout out to a well-known artist named Mason Musso. He's part of Metro Station. Um, a lot of people remember them for their Billboard Top 10 song, Shake It, back, uh, I think, in the late 2000s, early 2010s. He, they have a lot of connections with the Disney world. How did that connection with Mason Musso come about? I was doing a show at, uh, at the, uh, the observatory in Orange County and uh, the House of Blues in San Diego. And uh, we signed Mason Musso on to be our, our special guest that week. And uh, we just hit it off immediately. He's like such a superb guy. He's the, literally the nicest guy in the world. I, I like, there's not enough good positive things I can say about this guy. But um, I had made some return trips back there over the few months and we just kind of got to know each other a little bit more and more. And, th and that's when we started up the band back in March, 2020. Um, and I just took a shot in the dark. I was like, hey man, uh, so I got this band. <laughs> um, you do you think do you, you think that you could be? You think you could you could uh, you know? <laughs> I, I, I talked to I sounded exactly like this, like stuttering over my words and everything. So I was so nervous. Was like I didn't want to. I like you know he's a dude. Metro Station is huge. You know they still have like 1.6 mil streams a month on their Spotify, and I don't even know what the other um what the other platforms look like, but it was a, it's a big deal. But just off of um, our our rapport, I was able I was able to get him. He was like really enthusiastic about it too. Um, but yeah, like it, it it was huge. What is it like creating a band? Because you guys came together in 2020 officially. What's it like creating a band during the pandemic, creating this art, and then finally being able to perform it to people as the lockdown started to lift and people got vaccinated. Cody and I, um, we've known each other for over a decade and we've known Josh as well, but like he and I grew up down the road from each other. So we were best friends. We've been in many bands together. So in comparison to making music then, which was garage band, we're just like, Hey, again, I've got this riff and we just created songs and we would have like a bunch of songs before we went out and play this time around, especially with everything 
indoors and Josh hits me up. He's, I just got my income tax at the moment. He's like, Hey, do you want to do some music? I'm like, let's do it. We made lost kids. We're like, we got to record it. And, uh, we just went to the studio and we are like, we got to keep making music. We got to keep doing it. So it unfolded in a way I've never been used to in a band, but honestly, even if it was different, the building took longer, especially getting all the songs together and recording them. It took a little longer than usual. However, I feel like the product was more thought out. I feel like it had more depth to it. I feel like there was more kinks that we ironed out than we did when we were in a garage band at 16. So I feel like it had more time to reflect on what we were creating and really, really make sure it was all perfect before we release it or as perfect as it can be in the rock world. And on top of that, um, like developing all of this in the middle of a bit, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, mm -hmm. um, where there was so much uncertainty, but they just immediately locked everything down. So, you know, if anything, because nightlife was non-existent, um, right. you, couldn't, you couldn't go out to bars. We, we weren't distracted. So, you know, we spent as like, we, we capitalized on, on the amount of freedom that we had to actually hone in on, on th this, this hobby turned into a project and is now turning into a real thing. Um, so pandemic in, in its own weird way, again quoting what we just said earlier tonight we were very lucky we have an abundance amount of luck with this what's the overall message with this record that they're not alone no matter what when i was a kid when i was a teenager and what drew me to continue to do music was when i had moments where i couldn't really talk to my friends or my family or anything like that where i was just in my own woes music spoke to me in ways no, nobody else could and as i became more of a musician and started doing more and more like, and I thought about it, like, why do, what brings me to music every time is I want to be able to reach people like music has reached me. If I have the ability to reach someone, tell them you're not alone, everything's going to be okay. And to push through the hardships that is just life as it is, then I want to do my part. That's what I want out of this album is to reach someone, let them know it's cool. And we're all here to have a good time and try to make it on this spinning rock in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'd say I'm pretty much, I, I pretty much agree with Brian. Um, and the aspect of conveying our personal truths through our, our musical medium to convey a message that resonates with other people. Um, and it's like authentic connection at that point. You know, you, you can get to know somebody, you talk to them, like you get the, what's your favorite color? Uh, what kind of food do you like to eat? No. What does your heart and your soul and your mind say, mm -hmm. you know, and when you're listening to our lyrics and as we write them, like we, we, we put our most, we, we put our souls and our, our hearts and our, our minds like completely out on the table for everybody to digest, you know, which is a hard thing to do a lot of time because when we're writing and we're in the studio sometimes we'll be like oh my god no wait this actually sucks holy shit mm, poop um, <laughs> um like i don't know like you know you start having those second those second thoughts and, and doubts in yourself but then when when you double down and spill your truth and people resonate with it that's the type of connection that that I feel like an ordinary conversation can't can't really get to the bottom of. It's, it's, a, it's a different relate. language. It's when people can relate that it really hits the most. Yeah, it's a different language. Mighty Vices, pop punk alternative band that's going to keep on growing. We look forward to watching your progression, and we can't wait for your new album, March 1st. It's called Looking for an Exit. We'll keep a close eye out for that. Josh Douglas, Brian Bennett, Cody Priester, thank you for joining us on Local News Live.
you so much for your time yes. too, man. Thank really, you very really much. Really appreciate it. Big thanks to the band Mighty Vices, based out of New York, for joining us on Local News Live. One more fun note about this group. They've actually all moved into a house together, I believe, in New York to produce not just music but content. A reminder of what artists have to do now to try to get their name out there on social media, TikTok, Instagram, all of that to highlight what they're doing as artists and as musicians. Really fun to talk with them. Looking for an exit is their new album that's going to come out on March 1st in Mia Tolliver. A uh, photographer, a concert photographer, did a great job with the, the pictures you saw in that piece. And thank you for tuning in on Local News Live's Facebook page. Again, 